Shtetl in Russia. Many years ago, a simcha was taking place. Two very prominent families were being united through the marriage of their children. The chassan was Eliezer, the son of a successful merchant, and the kala was Dovaira, a lovely, brilliant girl, the only child of the rav of the Jewish community. The chuppah was celebrated in the open, at night, with the light of the moon shining on the beautiful, elaborately set tables, with their variety of festive dishes. The musicians filled the air with their joyful melodies, when suddenly, tragedy struck. The chassan had just stepped onto the glass under the chuppah, when a loud cry was heard. The Cossacks are coming! The Cossacks! Presently, a wild band of Cossacks, with swords in their hands, burst into the scene on their horses, striking out at everyone. Men, women, and children were attacked. Everyone fled in terror. The Cossacks only stopped to eat the festive banquet, which had been prepared so lovingly for the wedding guests. The Cossacks then rampaged through the town, robbing the Jews of their money, destroying their property, and taking many, many lives. Then the Cossacks set fire to the shoal and did not leave until they had turned the town into a smoking mass of ruin and destruction. In the dreadful confusion, the Chassan and Kala became separated. The Kala saw her parents killed before her eyes. She assumed that her husband had also been killed. She couldn't remember how she had managed to escape. She was all alone. The only relative that Dovaida had was an uncle who lived in Yerushalayim. After much trouble, Dovaida managed to get to Odessa, where the Jewish community provided her with money to buy a ticket to sail to the Holy Land. They also gave her money that she could use to live on until she would reach her uncle. She even found a group of Jews on the boat who were going to settle in the Holy Land. So, in her misfortune, Dovaida felt Hashem was still watching over her. The Jewish passengers took a kindly interest in her. When Dovaida finally arrived in her uncle's home, she was met with a warm welcome. They had already heard of the tragedy that had befallen her and her family. And now they learned that she was not only an orphan, but also an aguna, a married woman with no husband. No one knew what had happened to Dovaida's husband, Eliezer. Was he killed? Or was he also wandering somewhere, suffering maybe from loss of memory? No one had heard from him. Given the circumstances, Devaida was unable to remarry until it was definitely established that she was a widow, or, if he did live, until she received a get from him. As time passed, Devaida recovered her health and her beauty and Shatchanim began to come with suggestions of marriage, but Devaida was unable to consider any of them. She knew that she was not free to remarry. She still hoped that her husband would one day find her and return to her. And every day, Devaida visited the Kaisal Hamaravi to daven to Hashem to send her husband back to her so that they could set up a true Jewish family home. One day, an announcement stirred the streets of Jerusalem. 
a newly crowned king from a distant country, was coming to pay a royal visit to the holy city. On the day of the visit, all of the inhabitants of Yerushalayim, the Jews and the non-Jews, went to the gate of Shechem to greet the king and his entourage. The Vaida and her cousins also went to catch a glimpse of the king. Trumpets were sounding, heralding the appearance of the young king on his fine Arab horse. The people who were gathered there broke out into a cry of, Hurrah! Welcome! Welcome! Hurrah! Suddenly, Devaita's cousins jumped forward in alarm as Devaita fainted. They helped her up and then took her home. Devaita's aunt rebuked her own daughter, saying, Why did you take your cousin Devaita on such a hot day with such a big crowd just to catch a glimpse of a king? Well, but how often can one see a king? they asked their mother. What do you say, Devaita? her aunt asked. It wasn't the heat or the crowds that caused me to faint, said Devaita. It was the king. The king is my husband, Eliezer. They were horrified to hear her words. She must have gone out of her mind. Devaita, please, don't speak like that. People will think you've lost your mind. No, I have not lost my mind. I promise you, I recognized him. That king is my husband, Eliezer. When her uncle came home and heard Devaita's story, he was as troubled as his wife. No amount of talking to Devaita could change her mind. She was adamant. She was telling the truth. Now her uncle felt even more pity for his niece, an orphan, a naguna, and now suffering from a wild illusion. He decided to take Devaita to see the Chacham, who was a tzaddik, and ask him for a bracha, that she should recover her sanity. Instead of a bracha, the Chacham said it was important to take Devaita's words seriously. He suggested that a way should be found to meet with the king privately and then turn the conversation around and mention Devaita's name and see what the king's reaction would be. Should he admit that he's indeed Eliezer, Devaita's husband, then it should be asked of him to give Devaita a get so she would be free to remarry, said the Chacham. I see, said Devaita's uncle. It must be Hashgacha Pratis. This opportunity has fallen into my hands, for I am one of a delegation of Jewish representatives who have been chosen to greet the king in the name of the Jewish community of the holy city of Yerushalayim. Yes, said the Chacham, you are right. It is certainly Hashgacha Pratis. And allow me to propose an idea. The king surely loves chess. He will very likely inquire if there's a good chess player in your group. He will know that Jews are known to be good at this game. You will then step forward and say it would be a great honor to have a game of chess with the king. You will easily win the first game. But I I haven't played chess in such a long time, said the uncle. Don't worry, said the Chacham. You will win. Then the king will suggest a second game. When you're about to win that game also, you will make a bad move at the last moment and the king will win the game. This will surprise the king. He will know that the move you made was not one that a good player would make. He will ask you what made you act so carelessly. You'll reply that you have a serious problem on your mind. You're concerned about your niece, Devaita, who has suddenly become obsessed with a crazy notion. 
So for that one moment, you were unable to concentrate on the game. You must watch the king's face carefully. If he shows no sign of recognizing Devote's name, you will say no more. If there is any such sign on the king's face, well then, you will know how to take the matter further. The next day, Devote's uncle with the other Jewish representatives went to the king, and everything happened exactly as the Chacham had foretold. When the king heard the name Devota, his face went pale. He stood up. The chess pieces were scattered all over the table. Devota? Where is she? What, what does she do now? Is she remarried? Devota's uncle told the king all that had happened to Devota. After she survived the pogrom, how she got to Odessa, some kind-hearted Jews who were preparing to emigrate to the Holy Land and they watched over her, on the journey all the way to Haifa, he told the king that Devaida had remained faithful to her husband and had turned down all offers by Shadchanin to marry her off. He told the king how she never gave up hope that her husband would find her and return to her. Also, how she, when she saw the king, immediately recognized him to be her husband Eliezer, despite the fact that everyone told her she must be mistaken. The king remained silent for a long time. Finally, he spoke to Devaita's uncle. I'm grateful to you for the news about Devaita. Please give her the following message from me. Tell her in my name what happened to me on the tragic night of our wedding when the Cossacks came. The Cossacks took me captive and sold me as a slave to a rich Greek man. At the first opportunity, I was able to escape. After much wandering, I fell into the hands of pirates and I became one of them. They were impressed with my acts of bravery. The chief of the pirates even appointed me to be his right-hand man. When he was killed in battle, I became the chief, and I became the captain of the boat. I was very fortunate in all my activities. I amassed quite a fortune. Finally, I was also successful in persuading the members of our pirate group to give up the slave traffic business. We released all of those who were still in our hands. And then I left the band of pirates and I settled on a distant island in the Indian Ocean. With my wealth and my ability, I developed a very good name amongst the Muslim inhabitants as well as at the king's court. The old king had no heir and when he passed away, I was chosen to be his successor. As is the custom for newly crowned kings, I came to visit the Holy Land and the Holy City of Yerushalayim with great eagerness. I was in any case strongly drawn to visit these holy places. Tell Devaita that I was convinced she was killed in the pogrom or, worse, sold into slavery, but I never forgot her and I never forgot that we were joined in marriage under the chuppah according to the law of Moshe and Yisrael. Devaita now has a choice. If she's willing to take me back as her husband, I am ready to give up my crown and my kingdom, and we will set up a Jewish home together, just as we were ready to do when we went under the chuppah. However, if she prefers, I will give her a get right here in Yerushalayim, so she will be free to marry whomever she wishes. I will wait here for her answer, which 
please bring it back to me as soon as possible. The Vaida did not need any time to consider. She was so happy that Hashem had answered her tefillahs and her dreams had come true. But she said she wished to give her answer to Eliezer in person. Eliezer and the Vaida were understandably very happy to meet again. He suggested a plan to her, to which she agreed. Eliezer's plan was to return to his kingdom and hand over the management of the kingdom to capable, responsible hands. He would then return quietly to Yerushalayim, and together with the Vaida, they would set up their Jewish home. This is exactly what happened. In due course, the Vaida and Eliezer were reunited as Chassan and Kala and lived happily ever after. Very few people knew who Devaida's husband was, but the old people of Yerushalayim knew the wonderful story of Devaida and Eliezer, and it was told and retold from generation to generation until this very day. <laughs>